morning, Janet Lewis. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Yes, it's uh, lovely to be with a person who's got a very significant career in one of the main art forms of ballet. Um, Would you like to tell us a bit about your background? Oh, I, yes, um, I started ballet at the age of four and I have been doing it ever since then really. So long training, um, finished up at the Royal Ballet School at the age of 16, um, then worked with the Royal Ballet Company. I was on Covent Garden stage at 17 doing extra work with the Opera Ballet and, um, and the Royal Ballet and I worked with them for a year and a half. Uh, before transferring to London Festival Ballet, which is now called English National Ballet. And um, I was with them for 11 years, touring the world and um, working with some very famous dancers at the time. And um, I got very interested in production and how the whole theatre business worked. And so from there, I went on to um, administration and had a course at the Arts Council um, and finished up being dance assistant there to the dance director which we was responsible for government funding for various um, dance ballet and contemporary dance organizations and I was sent all over the country to assess dance work and write reports etc um, and it was rather strange because um, I was actually sent to Ireland to assess a dance company there because the director felt that it wasn't going in the right direction um, for him uh, and he'd put a lot of money into it, this, this gentleman called Louis O'Sullivan, he wanted a, um, an assessor who was an expert to guide him and uh, as it was very odd because um, I found when I was writing this report that I could actually do the job that I was recommending and what happened was that um, I was offered the job <laughs> of directing and I had to go back to the Arts Council and say, well, I was sent out to assess this company, but actually I can do the job and they've offered it to me as um, Artistic Director of Dublin City Ballet. And um, so I promptly left the Arts Council and went to Ireland and started a career in um, presenting ballets and producing them and putting them on. Um, to cut a long story short, I then finished up back in England after, after some years there from Ireland and um, put on ballets under my own name. I worked um, for the Jenny Ballet for a while, but um, then I had a company called Lewis London Ballet uh, for 10 years and after that um, I disbanded that because I spent a lifetime on the motorway <laughs> going from, from venue to venue, small venues, but always involving children in it as well because I was very, very interested in teaching and I, I alongside all this admin I did do teaching and coaching because uh, at one point um, I took some teaching exams when I was quite young and so I was a qualified ballet teacher and um, I was offered a position um, very quickly when I disbanded Lewis London Ballet to um, be a teacher at the Erdang Academy which was a vocational school um, and I did that for four years and I was choreographing a lot of ballets for her, um, for the director and um, what happened was that um, I put something on at Sellerswell's Theatre for the school 
um, a ballet and decided that probably I should branch out and actually put ballets on myself under a different name. And so that's what happened really and, and the, the um, English Youth Ballet was founded in 1998 um, and we did performances in Yeovil at the um, Octagon Theatre there. Um, involving young dancers in the corps de ballet and soloist roles and bringing professional dancers to do the leading parts. The manager there was very interested because he said that's what we do with musicals, he said. We, um, we have the, the local element and we bring professional artists, singers and actors down to front the productions. There's no reason why we can't do it with ballet. And so the idea was born and it was immediately a success and we have been going ever since. So I combined my dance career, my teaching, my admin, and all my knowledge of how production and theatre works into this English Youth Ballet. It was like it was, it was bound to happen. It was all going to come together in one way so that I could produce this, this well, it is a successful company. Long career, <laughs> still, still doing it. <laughs> one out to take. Um, one thing that um, happens with the podcast I forgot to mention, any tape tapping on the table gets picked up very easily. It's not, you haven't done it so much that I need to re-ask or anything, so yeah. that's fine, but I'll just mention I mean. it for the future. Uh, and by the way, I know what you mean about things coming together as well, because I had the same thing with this podcast. It was, I've done journalism, which means I've interviewed people. I did audio recordings because of stuff I do with blues mm. music mm. and things mm. uh, and I'm local and I'm very established here and I rec recognise the need and mm. yeah it, anyway sorry this isn't about me <laughs> stop it you founded a national organisation which has been a great success but before we go on to that um, you have an event happening here in Bromley uh, on the 19th of June would you like to tell us about that Yes, it was um, by invitation from the London Borough of Bromley, the council, who are really very keen on furthering the arts in the borough. And it seems that, you know, as I'm based in the borough, um, our headquarters are here of English Youth Ballet, we were invited to um, present something as part of, of this, um, this initiative. So um, I thought very quickly, I thought, well, what can I do? I will do a gala performance, we'll make a big, big uh, effort there. Um, and got in touch with Chris Glover at the Churchill Theatre, and um, we arranged a date. But then I thought um, they wanted to involve young people, which of course we do anyway in the performances. Uh, and so um, I initiated some workshop lecture demonstrations in schools as part of this project. Um, and so we have actually done four of them so far in, the, in various schools in the borough. But the, um, the actual gala is extremely exciting <clears throat> because all the children, and there are 35 of them, uh, are actually from the London borough. So um, they are taking part in the, the second part of the programme, which is Aurora's Wedding, Sleeping Beauty Act 3. And it it's often is done separately as a piece, and it's very, very nice. It's a full classical ballet, and it gives young people an opportunity to perform. And um, fronting it, we have our English Youth Ballet Professional Dances, of which I have six um, male dancers, six female... Uh, sorry, three, three male dancers and three female dancers, six in all. 
and also a former dancer with me who's coming from Paris to dance. And um, to top it all, we have two Royal Ballet dancers, which I've invited as well. Um, and we've got uh, two very good musicians, um, pianist and violinist, so we've got some live music. So that's why I've called it an evening of ballet and music, um, so that we can actually present it that way and um, be the ballet representative um, of the part of this arts um, organisation, you know, and, and um, that they are supporting. And it's lovely that you're combining what you do across the country with something which is literally presented very locally uh, with local people. Uh, and now I was going to say about the English Youth Ballet which you founded. Yes. Um, who does it serve? Uh, who are the uh, people that are involved and dance with it? Obviously, the word youth is there. Yes, well, yes, it serves a very wide wide range of people. I mean, we, throughout the U UK, we, we tour to the various towns and cities, and we have done Northern Ireland as well. We've done Belfast, um, and uh, we go as far as Carlisle, up north, Darlington, which we're involved in at the moment, um, Newcastle, that's really there, and then the other side of the country, um, Norwich, uh, and Wales, Cardiff, and down south, Torquay, and Portsmouth, and Bournemouth, <laughs> and you name it, I think we've been there, um, in those theatres. So it is actually giving a performance opportunity to young dancers, age 8 to 18 years, um, to perform in a full-length classical ballet. And again, we, we tour. So it's a different cast in each place, and they are taken by audition. Um, and it seems to be a very worthwhile thing, um, if, even if they don't um, become professional dancers, and of course a majority do not, um, they, they get something from this very valuable experience of performing and um, gain, sort of gain confidence, they gain self-discipline, they gain poise, posture, whatever, and um, a, a wonderful um, expressive experience so they can actually enjoy the movement and enjoy dancing. Um, it seems very successful with parents and children alike, um, otherwise we wouldn't still be doing it, I don't think. So um, I think we're just a bit unique. Um, <laughs> your art form is, by definition, one of the most elegant there is. Uh, and it's also visually beautiful, as I said to you before this. Looking at the website, you can see the dancers in various colourful uh, mm. outfits and mm. things of that nature, and of course there's the combination with music as well. Yeah, it, it is a great thing. When the English Youth Ballet was formed back in 1998, what was the ballet landscape? Was, the, was there actually much like what you had, or, or were you literally building up something that um, had no like? I don't think there was anything really. Well, that's unfair. Uh, there were two companies, um, but they only do it once a year. They do a youth ballet performance, and they are based in London, more down south, um, the National Youth Ballet and um, the uh, London Children's Ballet, and they do some very nice work. But there are no, there is no youth ballet that actually tours in the way that we do it with professional dancers in the leading roles. Um, and, um, yes, it's... Uh, 
it's quite incredible, really, that we're still doing it. Um, they they have had um, isolated um, productions, you know, say one in when every two years, or not even that. One in one place, say Liverpool. I think there was one one year, and Bradford, and somewhere else, and somewhere else down south. But they're one-offs. They're not. Um, they're not obviously continuous. You know, every year or every two years, not a regular occurrence, and. Um, Yes, we, we are quite unique in that um, we are permanent, really. We do seven or eight a year productions with a new cast in each town, and um, you know, we've become very popular. And I believe that um, thing, some disabilities, for example, are not necessarily a barrier to performing in ballet. No, I mean, uh, it, my, um, my policy is that if they can dance, you know, and they can use their legs and feet and they can be coordinated and dance to a certain standard. Um, and we take all levels. I mean, they don't have to be perfect at all. Um, we can take all, all sort of heights and weights and sizes and, you know, different, different obviously children are, are different. And um, we have had some deaf children, which is absolutely amazing how they go by the vibrations of the music. And they have been very good indeed. And we've had um, some with prosthetic fingers and, uh, and an, half an arm was a prosthetic, I think. Um, and um, they, they have the opportunity to, to perform like everybody else, you know, because they have a nice um, presentation and they're enjoying it. And, and yes, so we can make it work. <laughs> and you yourself have both met and danced with, with some of the great names in ballet. Yes, that is true. Um, Sir Anton Dolan, um, Dame Beryl Gray, who's the same age as the Queen, I think. Um, she was our artistic director at one point. Um, and very lively, and I believe still is. I had the temerity to ask her if she still did um, a ballet class. And she said, of course, and she was 96. I think she actually put me to show her, oh, I'd better get on with it and do one myself. <laughs> but I do do a lot of teaching. But, you know, she still does her regular exercise. That's probably why she's lived a long life and it's really, really nice. Um, yes, and um, Margaret Fontaine, of course. Um, and the, the famous ones of you know, Wayne Sleep and Darcy Bustle that everybody knows. But um, certainly Dame Margaret Fontaine was, was uh, my idol and she was absolutely phenomenal. Really, she was. So, yes. And uh, did you have um, a favourite partner or two along the way? Um, I've had several partners and I was a tall dancer. I mean, I think Darcy Bustle's taller than me now. Um, I was five feet seven. I think she's five feet eight, which, um, you know, and the dancers are taller. Um, but I was quite tall when I was dancing, so I had to have six-foot partners. <laughs> and I've had several, really. Um, uh, yes, I have. Um, oh, not, not anyone in particular, but um, all the six-footers that were in the company <laughs> at the time. <laughs> yes, interesting. <laughs> yeah, so my uh, co-presenter on the podcast is an ex-professional ice uh, oh, skater. yes. Uh, and she too has... Um, uh, memories of assorted partners and yes. the way that the body size fits and that kind you of thing. You do have to do yeah. that and I actually pair um, my young my young professional dancers up in that way. You know, if you've got someone who's a certain height then you have to have a male dancer who complements that uh, in shape as well actually so they look nice together so it's, it's very complete. 
Um, I have a couple of uh, quite literally favourite questions. Now. Oh, yes. Uh, and that is, um, the first one is, do you have a favourite or favourites in the ballets? Favourite ballet? Or watch? Well, um, I'm very interested in, in watching all of them, but um, I did dance um, the part of Queen of the Willies in Giselle which is, um, you may have heard of the saying, it gives me the willies. Yes. <laughs> and it, they are creatures that rise from their graves at night in the second act. And Mirtha is, or Myrtha, as she's called, is the queen. And she instigates them all to um, surround any males that cross their path and they're put to death. <laughs> it's pretty grim. <laughs> because... Poor Albert, or he, he as the prince, um, was two-timing Giselle in Act One. Uh, he was actually engaged to a, a noble lady, Batilde, but he was going after a servant girl at the same time, and he was really in love with her. Then he, he it was discovered this, and the poor girl um, lost her mind, and went mad in the Act One, and died. And he was absolutely distraught. But the Willies took revenge on any man so you know that that part was quite something it was a very strong part it dramatically it was strong and it was very hard to dance and um very challenging and you had to have enormous elevation as a female dancer which um was challenging as well so um, giant leaps lots of beats of the legs and um and strong strong movements and characterization of the role in charge of all these willies that came out from their graves. <laughs> Actually, it's very interesting because the characterisation is so important in ballet. And I was just thinking about that because Dame Margaret Fontaine was absolutely expert at that and she took on various roles. She had the pathos of Cinderella, for example. In Ondine, she was a water sprite in that ballet. And I have actually witnessed her putting her head in a bucket of water and looking as if she's come out of the sea with dripping hair, as if she'd just been swimming out of the sea. So it was really realistic. Um, it's, um, and I think that the character roles as well in classical ballets actually act as a contrast to the classicism of the, of the beauty of, of, of the, um, say for example, the white acts in Swan Lake. But um, so you've got in that, you've got Ron Rothbard, who's, who's really a strong character. And then in Capelia, you've got the, the, the funny magician that makes mechanical dolls, you know, Dr. Capelius. And those parts are often taken by dancers that aren't dancing anymore and can actually go on to, um, to the character roles and go into that when they get a little bit older and they, their limbs can't manage to do what they used to do. <laughs> Could you tell me um, a couple of your career highlights? Uh, there's one very obvious one, which is the fact that you've got the word, the letters MP behind your Oh name. yes, that was great. Yes, <laughs> a buzz went round the palace as we drove in um, because, of course, um, Prince Charles and Prince William and even Princess Anne have been actually awarding these honours now because the Queen is, wasn't always available. But when we went in, it's the Queen today, they said. It's the Queen, how marvellous, you know. And I was very lucky to, to actually be honoured by Her Majesty herself. 
So that was a highlight, that certainly was, and quite unexpected. You know, you, you get a letter and you think, oh gosh, you know, what is this? <laughs> How did this happen? Yes, another highlight was was particularly um, at the London Coliseum when I was dancing the part of the Lilac Ferry in Sleeping Beauty. I, I did eight shows a week for three weeks and um, Beryl Gray didn't actually put anyone else in the part, which um, I believe was a great honour. And I, when I entered on the last night, I, I got a round of applause, which was, it was like the audience who had been following the season actually recognised that I had done every performance and they were, they were clapping me for it. So that was really quite wonderful. <laughs> uh, you've been working with youth for most of your career, in any case, hmm. uh, and particularly since 1998 when you've had yes. the English Youth Ballet. Um, by now, you will have had some people who have come through and gone on to um, bigger things. Yes. So would you like to talk about that? Yes, yes. Um, usually I can pick them out. Um, for example, in Nutcracker, um, I say all my Claras, it's a particular part where the young girl actually gets given a Nutcracker, and I choose a young dancer to do that part. And most, a lot of them over the years, have gone on to vocational training and and, and had careers in um, in professional companies. And, and it's quite interesting that I'd pick them out right from young. Um, a lot of the a lot of the girls and boys have gone on, um, and in fact, so many have that um, I've I've heard. Um, say, oh yes, well a lot of my uh, the students I know have been in EYB uh, and so it's a sort of foregone conclusion that a lot of them have done it and they've gone on to vocational training and they sort of know each other. Um, Kevin Emerton, he went into the Royal Ballet and um, we've got um, Cordelia Braithwaite, she's a leading dancer with Matthew Bourne Company, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but there are many of them, yes, that have done really well. So, um, come to the end of the interview, um, but uh, have you put on ballets at the Churchill Theatre before? Yes, I have, and yes. How does it feel? Uh, how does it feel? I really love to see it coming together at the end, and especially on the last night when the audience cheer and clap, the young people, and they love it too. But I look at the stage and I think, I've done that. You know, I put that on, and it's it's a great sense of achievement, and um, and I love to see the progress of the young people when they start rehearsing. They look quite timid somehow, and then they sort of come out of themselves, and they 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 dance fully, and they express themselves. And they're smiling, and they're uplifted, and that is fantastic. Really, it is. And um, finally, more or less, um, what's it like being backstage during the performance? For me, yeah. well, I, I, I'm not often backstage during the performance. I like to watch from the front. Ah, so you're not running around... Uh, I don't run around. Other uh, people do. I, have, I do have some staff that do <laughs> that. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have um, parents that chaperone the children, and I've got my, my company manager and my stage manager and my assistant director, and they're, they're all backstage. So I actually see the finished... Because there has to be someone watching it, mm. see how it looks from, from an audience point of view. Uh, I would assume, therefore, you're probably in a less stressed position than, uh, than some of the people behind the scenes, at least. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, if there's a problem, I have to solve it. Mm.
quite quickly, you know, on one's <laughs> solve problems <laughs> straight away. Um, quick decisions if, if anything goes wrong. And I do. So. <laughs> I hope the night on the 19th goes well. Actually, there is a final, final uh, pair of questions. The first one is, uh, how does one find the English Youth Ballet uh, online for people? Well, on the website, um, just you can, you can um, Google English Youth Ballet or www.englishyouthballet.co.uk and um, the website comes up and all the information is there and we, we do list the auditions and where we're going and next year we're fully booked already but I haven't put that up yet. Um, and we've got to get through this year. <laughs> and I'm, I see also that you're on some social media, including Instagram. Yes, so we are. Yes. That now. yes, Instagram and and, um, and Facebook, of course. Mm. Yes, and Twitter, I think. And something which really interests me: uh, how has ballet changed since you started? Uh, have you noticed trends? Yes, there are trends, particularly with the male dancer. Um, because years ago, during the war, of course, all the men were called up and there weren't so many male dancers. Um, and they would, when they were there, um, they weren't so much dancers as partners. Now, it has evolved over the years. Um, and, and I have to say, since Nureyev, um, Rudolf Nureyev appeared on the British scene and showed how beautifully he could dance, that it was a challenge for the male dancers and they did actually um, meet that challenge and nowadays I find that they are absolutely fabulous, the male dancers, and um, very gymnastic, um, very strong um, and really, really good. Um, and that has evolved over the years. Um, as far as the, the ladies, it is a little bit more gymnastic than it used to be. Um, I would like to see a little bit more artistry uh, from a lot of them to um, express um, dramatic side of the classical ballets particularly. That's my feeling. Um, the trend has gone, as I say, to a more modern feel, um, you know, with, with um, very high legs, uh, legs up, you know, and how many turns you can do and things, but it's, it's not always how much you can do, it's how you actually do it. So there, has, there is a different trend, yes. Still a wonderful thing to do, though. <laughs> well, thank you for doing what you've been doing in helping so many people through the path into ballet. And uh, I look forward to the performance. Thank you very much. Thank you.